0: Here on the Edge of Adventure, each week we have the privilege of getting to know so many amazing people, so many amazing organizations, serving the underserved, protecting the vulnerable, working around the globe, often under very difficult circumstances, Striving always to make the world a better place. Striving always to respect culture and tradition and language and perspective. These organizations and the work they do inspire me. I admire how they work with communities, to identify real needs and real solutions so that real progress can be made for the community. But as you might imagine, projects like these require the support of others. My guest today, Daniel Lalonde, has traveled the world. He's seen the need and the beauty in places far and wide. He's witnessed the amazing work being done by dedicated women and men who have chosen to give their lives to bring hope to those who need it most. And Daniel's vision has always been to support the ones who are doing this vital work, not to replicate their efforts, but to Amplify them. Let's learn how he does this today on the Edge of Adventure podcast as we take the Monde Parlement with Give a Hand. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Today, I have the privilege of introducing you to Daniel Lalonde, joining us from Give a Hand and Monde Parlement. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. I'm really pleased to be here. Well, it's great to get to know you today for many reasons. Of course, I know that you and your organization in French, it's called Monde Parlement. And then in English, it's known as Give a Hand. We're going to get to know what you guys do so much in so many different parts of the world. But it's also a special privilege for me today because we met through Common Friend a few months back. And you've been so active following the Edge of Adventure and also in the new app, Rugged Compass. For me in particular, it's just a privilege to have you on the show today. Thank you. Give a Hand. What's the concept behind Give a Hand, Monde Parlement
1: well, to be honest, uh, Give a Hand started from my own experience in the field, basically. I was uh, working in India at the time, and um, I was working in different communities, actually, as a consultant in international development, in especially in education. And uh, basically, I noticed that a lot of the organizations that I had been working with were small organizations that most of the time we didn't get to hear about and that we're doing really interesting work on the ground. So I thought to myself, as these organizations do not get, for most of them, uh, recognition and access to large funding agencies, I could maybe start doing something with them and get them to be known and get them to be connected to potential funders in Canada initially, which is where I'm from. And then afterwards, see if we could get connected to other funders elsewhere in the world.
0: And Daniel, I know you work with quite a few different organizations. I'm not going to put you on the spot, and I'm sure (laughs) you know all the details, right? But approximately, how many different organizations have you worked with throughout the years?
1: Well, that's a good question, actually. We've done, I would say, so far in the last, uh, let's say, just for the purpose of conversation, in the last 10 years, which now... 12 years, but we've done close to 90 projects all around the world, more or less 30 different organizations so far. And uh, this being in Africa and Asia and South America.
0: Also, I know that culture and language is something that you in particular appreciate. I think probably your own background reinforces that. But how do you take that into consideration as you work in on different continents, different countries, different cultures, with different languages, do you have the ability to work in multiple languages, multicultural platforms? Yeah,
1: yeah. Actually, the uh, For me, languages is one of the key aspects of the work that we do, especially when you're uh, working in the community. So I lived in many countries, like in Brazil, in India, in South America and Guatemala. I worked in Nepal, Indonesia. And every time that I had this opportunity, I would make sure that I would learn the local language, because it's an opportunity to get closer to the community you work with and you serve. It creates a bond with them, and it gets them to be really appreciative of all the efforts you put into, not just solely being there, you know, doing work with them, but at the same time, they know that you really love their language, you love their culture, and you want to make an effort to get closer to them. So that's one of the aspects. The second aspect is that I've always been keen on languages myself, you know, being French-Canadian, I speak English, but I speak several other languages like Hindi, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian. So obviously over the years, I've made a point of, um, you know, getting um, accustomed to the local, you know, and their culture when I was working somewhere in the world. So that would be really important for me.
0: I agree with you, Daniel. When you make an effort to learn the language and to understand the culture, and the language is key. And even if if a person perhaps doesn't think of themselves as being gifted in learning languages, the effort to learn a few phrases is, is means so much – because I think, in a way, it it shows that acceptance of them for who they are and an appreciation. So, highly encourage that. And anytime you you have the ability, and those who like you who have the gift of languages and can can learn them, and it's been just a part of your life. It's it's a, a very enriching experience when you get to communicate in their native tongue in the language, because that's uh, allows you a, a deeper understanding and a deeper appreciation for who they are. So, regarding French and the name of the organization. Monde Parlement. What does that mean?
1: That means basically the world by the hand. So giving a hand, like it says in English, give a hand. Uh, so that was the uh, the initial idea behind the, the name of the organization, as I felt very connected to those more marginalized groups, you know, so those who do not have a voice. And for me, working in all different communities, whether it was in, you know, slum communities in India or favelas in in, uh, Brazil, it was always about the culture, the people and providing them an opportunity to talk about who they are, what they are and their own culture and putting that forward. So giving them, we work with a lot as well of indigenous uh, communities in South America. Uh, So for them, as you know, the difficulty is that there's a lot of discrimination against these societies and providing an opportunity for them to talk about who they are, their culture, and putting it forward was very much as a part as the basis of what give a hand is about, you
0: know, so. Daniel, let me ask you a very simple question, but one that is a bit open-ended and you can answer it any way you like. What does it mean to serve? That's a good question.
1: Actually, I've worked with loads of volunteers, um, over the past of the last 20 years that I've been doing this, this work. And, um, One of the things that I used to say to the volunteers that would come and work on different projects where I was around the world was to basically put yourselves out there as being available to others, listening to others and not judging, you know, and not coming with basically because you come from this place or this place with your own set of your mindset and just basically be there and provide opportunities for those working with you to get the chance to express themselves fully as they are without judgment. So basically serving others is basically being available to others and being there for others as they are without judgment.
0: I think often, I'm sure it happens, but often we have this perception that when someone goes in or an organization goes in to help, they go in to do things their way. What are your thoughts on that in, in the organizations that you choose to support and promote and serve in your own way? What do you look for in the, an organization that's you know, it's helping in Africa? It's helping in South America, fill in the blank. How do you determine whether they're going to go in and do things their way or they're going to have that relationship, that rapport that you're talking about with the communities they're serving?
1: Well, one of the main aspects of the work that we do at Give a Hand is that we do not basically substitute ourselves to those who are locals who run the project. And we're basically, you know, assisting them, providing tools and opportunities for them that they might not necessarily at times have identified straight away. Um, So for that reason, we choose organizations that are uh, led by passionate leaders that do have at heart the interests of the community they serve. So basically, we make sure that Whoever is running that project, they are running that project for the right reason. The right reason being for the benefit of that community, whether it's in Africa, Asia, South America, making sure that they are fully aware of the issues that are being addressed in those communities and in full respect of the people that they're working with. So otherwise, we will not be selecting that organization to work with. So we've got a very strict uh, grid, I would say, of evaluation of the type of organization we will select to work with us. And uh, we get to pinpoint, I would say, the organization we'll work with, and it's not the other way around. You know, those who solicitate us into working with Give a Hand are not necessarily the organization we're going to be working with because we first do the diligence of this organization we feel we'd like to be working with, and we see if basically they align with the mission that we have at Give a Hand. And if so, then we'll contact that organization to see if we can work jointly in partnership.
0: This is The Edge of Adventure, and of course, my name is Adam Asher. Great to have you with us. Thanks for being here. Today, my guest is Daniel Lalonde, and he is joining us from Montreal, Canada. The organization Monde Parlement, or in English, Give a Hand, and you can look him up online at mondeparlement.org. And if you are listening to the audio version, you can always... Get that link simply by going to theedgeofadventure.com. Look for the post that pertains to this conversation. You'll find the links there. And if you're watching the video version, of course, we've had the website on the screen, mondeparlement.org. O-R-G. If you speak French, that's going to be easy. If you don't, we'll make it easy for you. Anyway, it's just great to have Daniel on the show. We're learning about give a hand, learning about him a little bit. We'll get into a bit more of the questions that pertain to him and, and his past in just a few minutes. But as we think about give a hand, I've noticed that you tend to see your role as being a bridge. Talk to me about this bridge that is give a hand
1: when we initiated the organization that was one of the prerequisite into providing opportunities if you like to share the great work that was being done by all of the partner organization that we had working with us for the benefit of these communities but at the same time connecting them to compassionate donors funders in canada as you know we all lead a very rapid life and we're running around. And at the same time, I feel that a lot of people want to help. And a lot of the times they don't know where to look or what to look for. They might have, for instance, a connection to a country they visited, or they might have a connection due to personal reasons to a country. And all of these aspects are taken into consideration when we get to work with a funder or a foundation working with give a hand. So we try to address and we try to make the connections between potential funders, like I was saying, and the right organization that will suit their interests and they'll feel connected to it you know, from the heart, not solely to writing a check so that way we make sure that the organization is uh, connected to the donor they get to hear about them regularly even if they were for instance we had some of our funders in the past that they wanted to travel and visit the project they were supporting in vietnam for instance or cambodia and they went to visit their project this is something we can organize with our partner organization Um, We are not an organization that is set up uh, into organizing travels per se, but we can at least organize these first uh, contacts with the director of the organization of funder would be supporting. So that's the idea behind it.
0: Daniel, regarding the specific areas of focus that you and your team look for, One of them, I believe, is women's empowerment and leadership. Talk to me about that, why that is so important in the world today.
1: Well, basically, it started from my own experiences, because initially when I started working in that field 20 years ago, I come from the film business, and I was working as a costume designer before for twenty-five years. So when I started, I initiated the transition to a new career. Basically, um, one of my teachers said to me, "It would be great because with all the potential and the you know the knowledge you have and experiences you have." I'm sure you could benefit a lot of women's group, you know, into developing new product into crafts and that kind of stuff. Initially, I was not really interested because it felt too close to what I knew. So but then at the same time, I thought, okay, let's try it and see how it goes. So I started initially working with women's group into developing new products into their their crafts business in different countries. Also, we would be doing all types of workshops for them into trying to make sure that the products were good quality and all that kind of stuff. And further th- to that, when I started Give a Hand later on, I thought, right, well, these experiences are, are obviously of, of importance because I realized, you know, in C two when I was working there that, Women do need that support. They do need to be assisted in to developing. Uh, products that will be of great help for themselves, for their small businesses, or develop as micro entrepreneurs, or um, you know conduct leadership programs on the ground. So basically, that's how it started. And then I suddenly realized, as the women were coming to classes, most of the time in most countries where I was working, the women were always coming with their kids. So to make sure that the women would be busy at what. I was teaching then with my colleagues, we initiated new projects with the kids or with the teenagers that were coming to the class. So then we had the opportunity, if you like, to provide to even more uh, people in the communities where we were working different type of programs. So that's how women's empowerment started being introduced as one of the main sector of intervention for Give a
0: Hand. Another one of those sectors includes protection of the environment. And I'd love to hear your take on that and how you keep that in mind as you work with these organizations worldwide.
1: Well, over the years, we've realized that a lot of the uh, projects we were initiating with partners, a lot of the demands we have from the partners were linked to the protection of the environment. Whether it was like recycling projects, whether it was uh, creating eco gardens in different countries, all that kind of projects were very predominant in the demands and the interest that partner organization had. Because we have to realize, for instance, if we're working and we are working, for instance, in Madagascar in Africa, um, at the moment, Madagascar is going through a very uh, difficult sort of famine situation. And the creation of like local gardens in schools or within organization is crucial is crucial for food security for these communities, for these groups. And of course, it is something that we take all too easily for granted in our own countries because everybody can have a garden if they want or, you know, I understand not necessarily, you know, a big garden in the city if you're living in the city. But at the same time, I just think that in these communities where we work in Africa, this is something simple that can have a major effect on the communities that we work with over there. So we are doing presently work like this in with gardens and building greenhouses, for instance, in uh, Africa and in South America, in Peru, for instance. Um, So this is definitely very important for Give a Hand. We also do projects which are linked to... Recycling. So we work with Women's Group, for instance. In I give you an example in Mozambique, in Africa, where women are to be trained as micro entrepreneur to basically collect recyclable goods like cardboards and glass and all that and and metal and all that kind of stuff. And through the recycling, the women get to sell these to uh, the local authorities and then get a salary from it and be able then to sustain their own families. So it's all these kinds of initiatives which we set up with different groups around the world and addressing, like I was saying initially, Adam, is addressing needs that are there at the moment for the
0: communities. This is The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher, and we'll return to my conversation today with Daniel Leland of Monde Parlement, give a hand, in just a moment. But as always, I like to stop the show here for just a minute to share a brief update. And today, I figure it's time to let you know that we just finished producing our first full-length video documentary. Later this year, you'll be able to stream the Edge of Adventures debut project on major streaming platforms, so stay tuned for that. I'll get you all the details when those are ready. Right now, though, it is making the film festival circuit. We are still early in the process, but I've already received some very favorable feedback. It's all very encouraging, and of course, as soon as I can, I will let you know all the great news, because you're a part of this. And of course, I can't wait to share the finished project with you. In the meantime, do me a favor. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. This is where adventure meets purpose. This is where we get to know inspiring servant leaders. This is where we go beyond status quo. Now back to my conversation with Daniel Lalonde from Give a Hand at Monde Parlement. Ici, au bord de l'aventure. We're talking today with Daniel Lalonde from Give a Hand, or in French Mont Parlement. He's here with us today on the edge of adventure, and it's great to get to know all that they're doing and also to get to know him a little bit. I'm going to ask one other question regarding the areas of focus because these are fascinating, important, of course. What does it mean to affect social change through the arts?
1: Well, that is, again, is uh, something which is very um, very dear to my heart, because as I come from you know the art world, if you like, I've trained as an artist, you know, and worked in that field all my life. And I've seen the potential of art for social changes, the potential that it has to initiate changes within communities. Why? Because in all communities around the world, even if you're the poorest of the poorest, one thing that links us all is culture, is music, is art. Um, It's not necessarily available to all of us on the, the same level, but at the same time, when you give an opportunity to kids or to young adults or to mothers or fathers to participate in peace to be doing uh, together within their community, whether it's um, a play on a particular subject addressing specific issues, whether it's uh, gender equality or whether it's recycling or whether it's uh, sexual violence. It can be as difficult as these type of subjects that we can address through art, and it makes it Easier to access, I should say. It makes it easier to access for the community to these and talk about these specific issues and then provide, like I was saying earlier, a voice for them to talk about these issues, then present it to a specific group with it, whether it's for the rest of the community to see a play, to see an intervention, to see a mural that you will be doing, you know, on a specific theme. So all of these tools, I should say, the art tools are used for that purpose and obviously provide for these community a great opportunity to have fun and do something light But at the same time, very meaningful. So that's how I perceive it. So,
0: yeah. Daniel, you've had the opportunity to travel the world multiple times. You've worked and lived in different parts of the world. Are there a couple of places or experiences, parts of the world that stick out in your mind as having been very meaningful to you while you were there?
1: Yeah, I would say that all of the places I've had the chance to travel to were meaningful in for different reasons. But recently, it was funny because it was while watching one of your podcasts or listening to one of your podcasts with Meg Ferino from the Pure Land Project, whom, give a hand, contacted because we're planning to work with them and do a project in Tibet probably next year. And I was just mentioning to Meg that... My travel to Tibet was probably one of the most meaningful trips I've ever done in my life for all sorts of reasons. I think it was an opportunity to connect to something that was beyond what I, I could even imagine. But at the same time, it was an opportunity to connect to a culture, a group of people that were so touching and so loving that I came back, uh, you know, I felt that was basically on cloud nine, you know, I was floating because it was just so beautiful being there. So I've always wanted, with Give a Hand, to be able to do a project in Tibet. And we tried on several occasions to identify the right organization. And it was always a little bit difficult, uh, because there were certain things that were not quite what we were looking for at the time and everything. And finally... I had the chance through your podcast to connect to Meg and to the Pure Land project, and I felt, yeah, that's the one. I feel this is the organization we ought to be working with. So there you go.
0: What an honor. I mean, as you tell that story, that means a lot to me to know that this endeavor of mine played a small part in the connecting of two great organizations, great groups of people. And the Pure Land Project, that podcast, that conversation with Abu Lama and with Meg Fariño, just two great people. What a great conversation it was. And it gives a little taste of, I think, what you're talking about having experience there in Tibet. So um, that's awesome. Wonderful report. And again, an honor, privilege of mine to have played a small part in that. And thankful for them and the work they do. Thankful for you and the work that you do because then – You're going to be able to come alongside them and participate in some way, and it's going to matter. It's going to make a difference for the people of Tibet. Okay, let's talk about you for a second here. What does it mean to be one of the 15 Canadian heroes? Now, you're not bringing that up. I'm bringing that up. I'm asking that, but I've researched you a little bit. What does that mean? Because apparently you uh, made that list.
1: Well... Of course, it's an honor, but at the same time, I'm sure just like all of the other uh, leaders of organization you've interviewed, we are not doing the work that we do based on that. I mean, this is not even something that you think about while you're doing the work that we do. Of course, I am honored to be part of that list. But at the same time, I feel very grateful for all of the people that I've had the chance to work with around the world, those that I still work with to this day, and I feel that they are also part of that list with me. You know, I'm not solely alone because it's uh, I I'm solely like I I was saying earlier. Give a hand is solely like a connector. So like I was saying, we got to connect with the Pure Land Project. And obviously you had somebody else on your show, like I was saying to you, the Rock, Paper, Scissors from Vietnam with Sarah Sarah Neroni and their two kids who we work with as well at Give a Hand, supporting some of their initiative in uh, Vietnam. So all of these people are... You know, working for the same purpose and the same aim of helping others and being there for others. So, and realizing that basically we're also interconnected on all aspects, you know, of the work that we do. So, Like you were saying earlier on, before we started the show, Adam, uh, we don't want to be reinventing the wheel here. We're just basically part of it and working all together to try to make things move forward and helping communities and helping groups and all that kind of stuff. So so just to, to conclude on that, I appreciate being part of that list, but I wouldn't say that it's actually what guides me in my everyday work. You know, it's not something that I think about so much.
0: This is The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. That is the voice of Daniel Lalonde. He's joining us today from Give a Hand. And in French, of course, as we've fully established, it's known as Monde Parlement. And he's joining us today for the podcast from Montreal, Canada. Again, his name is Daniel Lalonde. And you can look him up online at mondeparlement.org, mondeparlement.org. Or just look up the Edge of Adventure, track down this podcast. I've got the links there on the page, so you can very easily click and get to their organization. The good news, too, is once you get there, they've got an English version of the the website, and you can navigate it there. If you don't speak French, they've got the English, and you'll be able to understand and get a grasp on all that they do, which is a lot, as we've discussed, working with these great organizations around the world, very carefully selected, the locations, the works, the people. Their approach, all that very very carefully selected, and yet through the years, they've worked with so many. I did a little bit of research. I mean this number may not be 100% up to date, but I think it's something like 38 different projects in Asia, 25 in South America, 25 probably in Africa, somewhere in there, and these projects have ranged from relatively small amounts of money needed to to execute them to large amounts of money so you've done all these different things working with all these different organizations but when you begin to work with an organization here's my question is it a relationship that might generally last a very short period of time get the project done move on or are you building a bigger longer lasting network
1: actually one of the the focus of give a hand is actually to establish a kind of family of partners, of which we work with um, maybe not every year, but once they're part of the portfolio of organization we work with, Well, the organization is part of Give a Hand. So over the years, we've established these contacts, like I was saying, over 30 organizations, and they're still part of the organization. And uh, so it all depends as well, like I was saying, to the, the interest, the funders that we have, and the demands we have from our different funders. So there is some years where basically we have demands that are coming mostly for projects in Africa. So then we'll try to invite or call for proposal our partners in Africa. And then from these projects, this is what we'll put forward to our different foundation, our different funders and have them select the project that they feel is most connected to them. Like I was saying earlier on. So we do some projects like you were mentioning, you know, between five and 50K, um, no more, because one of the reasons being that we're a whole group of volunteers, we're solely volunteers at Give a Hand. And of course, the organizations we work with are a lot of the time don't necessarily have all the facilities or capacities, I would say, to manage projects that would go over 50K because they're still small or in development. And we have to basically go with the flow in regards to that and respect that. And also for us, it's a matter of providing to the project managers we have on our team opportunities to work closely with a partner organization and assist them on the projects that they're doing and making sure that the project manager doesn't feel overwhelmed by the amount of work or the budget that they have to manage with the organization, you see? So this is the reasons why, um, you know, all these aspects have to be taken in consideration.
0: Daniel, what would be the most challenging part as you've done this through the years? Hardest part about it is?
1: Well, I would say one of the most challenging part, I would say, is that it's definitely been the last year and a half that we've had to deal with, you know, and with COVID and the pandemic, I would say that's been a pretty challenging period for give a hand. Uh, And the partner organization, of course, because the demands were really big and um, on all aspects. Of course, there was need for money, for food, for support uh, in regards to health and in regards to masks and all sorts of uh, hygiene products and everything. So we kept going on at raising funds for the different organization as per what they were requesting at the time and when we could provide them these different things the other aspect was uh, of course as given as part of uh, our dna at give a hand we also provide support and mentorship to the organization we work with so basically we assist them in their needs beyond, I would say, simply doing or assisting with a project and providing funds for doing that project. So it could be linked, for instance, I give you an example to problems like in the last year and a half where some organization had problems in retaining their volunteers due to the pandemic. Uh, Some other organization were in the midst of uh, redoing their strategic planning and they didn't really know where to look or how to go about it, considering the situation they were going to. Then another organization, for instance, went through losing true COVID, uh, their director on the ground, which had a major impact on the organization and on their capacity of raising funds. So it's different for all organization and whatever they go through is is not always clearly identified, uh, but we have to go with what they're going through and and try to assist them to the best of our capacity. I would say.
0: Daniel, as you look into the future now, what is next for give a hand?
1: Well, presently give a hand as we've been sort of like um, hiring new people to work with us, you know, as volunteers. And so that's, very important to have a great team and a committed team. And obviously we were seeing that with the expansion on the amounts of projects and the amounts of uh, funding we're getting for doing projects through foundations and donors, we felt that we needed to get new people, which we're doing now. Also, we're conducting different programs for the benefit of our own team, because of course you you work with others, but you have also to think about who's working with you on an everyday basis and making sure that they're satisfied in the job that they're doing and they're motivated in doing the job that they're doing as well. So as a volunteer, you always have to think beyond the frame and beyond what's there as a job, for instance, as a project manager or as a secretary or the treasurer of the organization. So you have to provide, if you can, some form of training for them and opportunities to meet and share on larger scale, on larger level with different partners, but with the different groups of people within the organization as well. And we see for the future, well, give a hand is not about the quantity per se of the projects that we do, but much more about the quality of the work and the projects that we do with the partner organizations. So we're focusing on that and making sure that we don't get to lose our own DNA, you know, because it could easily happen over time, you know?
0: This is the Edge of Adventure. That's the voice of Daniel Lalonde, who is joining us from Give a Hand. Monde Parlement here on this edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast, and Daniel, as we you know get uh, closer to wrapping it up, I wanted to ask another kind of philosophical question or open-ended type question. Why are you doing this?
1: Well, I think um I've always had that fiber anyway within me. I mean, it's been there all part of all my life, you know. So, of course. Um, I was always involved in doing some volunteering within schools. When I was in primary school or secondary school, I would do some form of volunteer work. And um, even though afterwards, when I was working in the film business, I always saw my work as um, a person who with my own experience should be passing it on to others as well you know i felt that whatever you have it's not solely for yourself it's also for the benefit of others because i feel all through my life you know i walk the paths of others you know that were there before me and that's really important to honor that part within my life and try to do the same for others that are coming, whether it's young people joining our organization who want to learn or whether it's communities where I work. And that, when you ask the question, why do I do this, is basically because I feel a real commitment to human beings all over the planet and feel that I should provide whatever I have to, and make it available whether it's my connections, my thoughts, my uh, my talents and and make it available to others you know so that is one of the reasons for instance uh, just to c- conclude on that uh, Adam is that, we worked over the years with so many artists as well. We worked with tons of photographers and, you know, all sorts of people that joined us into doing some work and some were uh, not necessarily done. You know, I would say they were all done by different organizations that we worked with or famous photographers around the world. And, we just want to honor the work that they're doing as well, you know, which is very important because they basically provide the opportunity for the rest of the world to see what's going on out there and how beautiful it is.
0: Daniel, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for all that you do. Let's let's end on this following question. What is your admonition to the audience? What would you say to them listening, watching today, your word to them as our final question for the show?
1: Well, I would say one of the things is that sometimes where people can think, oh, you know, that is not so important per se, or, you know, each gesture that you have towards somebody that you know, or you don't know, as a matter of fact, has got some impact on them. Whether you know it now, whether you see it now, it might be in a year's time, it might be later on in their lives, but this is something to remember that we're all interconnected and basically it is important that these gestures, you do not stop yourselves from doing them and you need to provide and connect to others so that they get to move forward to be the best of themselves, basically. So I would say don't hesitate, you know, and call somebody or be there for somebody or listen to somebody. And all of these small gestures contribute from my point of view to make the world a better place.
0: This is the Edge of Adventure. And my guest today has been Daniel Lalonde, CEO and founder at Give a Hand, also known in French as Mont Parlement. You can look him up online at montparlement.org, montparlement.org. And as I have said before, you can always look up theedgeofadventure.com, find the post that has to do with this podcast, or just look it up in the the notes section. You'll find it there. I'll put the link to make it very easy for you to get in contact with Daniel's organization, mondeparelement.org. Daniel, thanks for what you do. Thanks for your friendship and your support. Thanks for your participation as well in the new mobile app, Rugged Compass. That means a lot to me. I thank you for that. And just thanks for being the kind of guy that's not content to just go along to get along. You are determined to make a difference somehow, and you have done so, and we're thankful for people like you.
1: Well, thank you to you, uh, Adam, for what you're doing. Like I started uh, this chat today before we, we were online, like saying that I really appreciate the work you do for connecting us all and providing a platform for all organizations around the world to be able to talk about what they do. So I'm very thankful to you as well. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Daniel. We talked about heroes today. And I think about all these people that are on the ground serving Giving of themselves, making sacrifices, giving of their time, their money, their know-how, right? They could be doing so many different things, and they are choosing to serve others to help make the world a better place. Those are the heroes, and I just do my best to shine a little bit of light, a little bit of attention on them because what they're doing is amazing. It's amazing, and it is hopeful. It gives me hope. It inspires me, and all I want to do is hopefully share just a little bit of that here through the Edge of Adventure and then also through Rugged Compass. So, once again, Daniel, thank you. You're awesome. We'll be in touch and I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Adam. My name is Adam Asher and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, #TheEdgeOfAdventure. of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.